You are now listening to the Flurry Podcast, hosted by Marquise Rawls. Another episode of the Flurry Podcast, and I'm going to get straight into this Josh Taylor versus Jose Ramirez fight because it was an impressive performance by Josh Taylor. I'm a little late on it because I didn't do an episode last week, and uh, there's been a lot of people who, you know, was just breaking down the fight. So once again, I can add nothing new to this fight that you probably haven't heard already. But I do have things to say. I disagree with a lot of the judges' scorecards, right? Uh, the judges were scoring the fight 114 to 112 in favor of Josh Taylor. Without the two knockdowns, they would have scored it 114-114 a draw. I don't think it was a draw. I watched the fight one time. I might need to watch it a second time over just to see maybe I was missing some things that Ramirez was doing. Because I saw him landing, you know, a lot of punches. Josh Taylor was landing a few more punches. Uh, most rounds he landed more, not much more, but he landed more. But his punches seemed to be more effective. His game plan and his style seemed to be more effective. He seemed to make Jose Ramirez uncomfortable for most of the fight. And even though Ramirez was landing punches, but he was fighting off his back foot. It was almost like once he got knocked down the first time, he wasn't too confident that he can damage Josh Taylor in the way that he's used to damaging people. Then he get drops a second time, then he almost went into, let me just survive for the rest of the fight. Let me just make it out these 12 rounds and, you know, just see what happens. Um, but it was definitely a good fight. I scored the fight um, eight rounds to four. Uh, there might be one or two rounds. Um, that I gave to Ramirez that it could have went Josh Taylor's way. So if someone would have said 10 rounds to two for in favor of Josh Taylor, I can even see that. But also if you give uh, Ramirez five rounds, five rounds maximum, I don't see how he got six rounds at all. But if you could give him five rounds maximum, I can, you know, somewhat agree with it. I'm, I'm going to debate it, but I can understand the argument. But with all that being said, this was just a impressive, impressive performance by Josh Taylor. Um, he showed uh, he showed that he is the best at 140. Um, so moving forward, he definitely, definitely has to get another big, big name in his next fight. I don't want to see no mandatories. I don't want to see no, oh, he's the number one contender for this belt or that belt. No, I, I don't want to see none of that fucking bullshit, okay? The two people that's on the card for him to fight up next is he can move up to 147 fight Terrence Crawford which I would not recommend because even though Josh Taylor he's really good he's at the elite level he's undisputed champion at 140 Terrence Crawford is god tier he's god tier out of all the fights I've seen Terrence Crawford how many times have you seen someone make Terrence Crawford uncomfortable never how many times have you seen someone, you know, really do damage? The only time I've seen someone do damage was against Gamboa. And even if you watch that fight again with Terrence versus Gamboa, Gamboa didn't do as great as it seemed. They just hyped it up that he did a lot more because Terrence Crawford was, you know, just outclassing everyone before that fight. Then he came into that fight and Gamboa gave him, you know, the toughest fight of his career. But when you watch that fight again, Terrence Crawford was still fucking him up almost the entire fight. Then you had the fight 
against Kovalaskis or Kovalaskis, however you say his name, the mean machine, where he dropped Terrence Crawford. Yes, the ref did rule it, uh, you know, not a knockdown. It was a slip, but it was really a knockdown, okay? Mean machine landed a punch. Terrence Crawford went down to his knees. You know, that's a knockdown. But besides those two incidents, you have never seen Terrence Crawford, like, really hurt or in danger or even struggle against anybody and people have come at him aggressively they've been on him they have been on him like creases in your all white air force ones that's how people have been on terence crawford and terence crawford never wavers from his game plan and from his skill set because he's god tier so josh taylor if you go up to 147 and fire terence crawford i will give you all the respect in the world I will give you all the credit that is due to you for taking on such a big check, the biggest challenge. But I would he I, I would ask you to you know hesitate just a little bit. You know, if your goal is to fight Terence Crawford, take one or two fights at 147 first. You know, first get comfortable at 147. You know, maybe you could fight um fight like a Keith Thurman when he comes back. You know, Keith Thurman he's a high elite level um boxer but you know due to his his fragile body you know he still poses a threat but it's slightly easier to handle and take him down right or you could fight uh someone like a like a jesse vargas jesse vargas he's not elite but he's just a strong and tough fighter who always is going to come at you and he poses i'm a challenge for anyone you could fight a sean porter um if danny garcia is not too serious about moving up to 154 you could fight him you could fight um boots ennis you know you could fight a lot of these big great names at 147 first before you just instantly want to jump up to, to terence crawford now the second fight that's on the chopping block for Josh Taylor, Teofimo Lopez. For that fight, you don't need no warm up, no practice, no nothing. You you could fight him this year, right now. You're bigger than him. You are probably just as strong as him. Well, Teofimo, he got explosive power. Josh Taylor, his power is not explosive. His is more, you know, it breaks you down. Then you know, it just wears you out a little bit. Uh, it's not explosive like Teofimo Lopez, but Josh Taylor. You got strength as well. Your boxing IQ is very good. You are strong. You come forward. You know how to box on the inside and the outside. You can match him level for level with everything. And because you are the naturally bigger guy, you will have the advantage. You would have the advantage. And low key, going into that fight, you will be the underdog. So it's still a worthwhile fight. You will be the underdog. And you will only be the underdog not because Teofimo Lopez is better than you, but because Teofimo Lopez is on the pound for pound list and he beat Lomachenko. Well, with this win, Josh Taylor, he's now on the pound for pound list, but the best the best opponent that Teofimo Lopez beat is way better than the best opponent that Josh Taylor beat, if that makes any sense. So Josh Taylor would be the underdog, not much of an underdog, but he would be the underdog. And uh, if he can make that fight happen, get that fight, have two undisputed champions fight each other. Has that ever happened in the history of boxing? Has that ever happened? And then the winner will be the undisputed champion in two weight classes? Has that ever happened in the history of boxing? I'm going to Google that. But that fight 
it can be an easy made fight easy made fight i want to see that happen and then some shocking news happened i'm on to the next topic i'm off that josh taylor fight but some shocking news happened that was mind-boggling to me i was confused i was flabbergasted but also angry and upset that this happened because i was looking forward to the tyson fairy versus anthony joshua fight that was what i had my mindset on 2021 that is what to me would have been the biggest fight in 2021 tyson fairy versus anthony joshua and then something happened some legal stuff happened people had to get lawyers involved they go into court they throwing around words like arbitrations i don't even know what the fuck an arbitration is what what is that arbitration it doesn't even sound like a word arbitration and then the fight gets canceled or pushed back and now tyson fairy versus deontay wilder the trilogy is happening what i didn't authorize that yo no one came to me and got my approval for this trilogy fight bob aram didn't hit my line he didn't hit my line the managers for tyson fairy they didn't hit my line you didn't get the authorization for the trilogy fight because i don't want to see this trilogy fight well i don't want to see it right now i don't i want to see that tyson fairy versus anthony joshua the two top guys in the heavyweight division who are coming off two impressive wins both of them are coming off two impressive wins so i want to see the momentum that they have collide with each other but then this this happened and then i was hearing some talks of oh why didn't they you know just pay deontay wilder you know some some um what do you call it why did they pay deontay wilder some step aside money then i think i read a headline i didn't read the article but i read a headline where they said eddie hearn said he's not gonna offer wilder no step aside money what Wait, 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 wait. The, the plan was, right? I didn't authorize this plan neither, but I will accept this plan for the Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua to fight in Saudi Arabia, right? I'm fine with that. They was gonna make, according to some articles that I was reading, which, you know, it's not too, too credible. I don't really believe a lot of the articles that I read about, you know, when it comes to the money and financial side of boxing, because I'm not really in the room to know how much the money is and how the money works. So I don't really believe what I read about, but I, you know, like to, you know, just like keep it in my subconscious mind. The plan was that both of them, Ferry and Joshua, was gonna fight in Saudi Arabia and make $75 million a piece. You telling me you couldn't take $5 million from Joshua and $5 million from Tyson Ferry and just give it to Wilder and tell him, step the fuck aside. Step the fuck aside. Step the fuck back. Step the fuck back. And I guarantee you, Wilder, he probably would have took it. He probably would have took it. Because it doesn't matter how much Wilder made for his last pay-per-view fight or his last two fights with Tyson Ferry. If, if you're going to get $10 million to do nothing, who the fuck in their right mind would not take that? Floyd, I just watched the Floyd Mayweather versus logan paul um inside access or access whatever the fuck they call it on showtime it just premiered on showtime and floyd said it's easy money make smart decisions by making easy money wilder that would have been easy money so i know he would have took it wilder he may be from alabama but he ain't no dummy 
Wilder is no dummy. He would have taken that $10 million to literally do nothing. And then he could have got another few million by just, you know, just taking a fight while fight while Fury and Joshua was fighting. That's what he could have did. He could have had the Andy Ruiz fight, but he said, nah, I don't want to fight Ruiz. I want to fight fucking Fury. So if Ruiz had to go fight Chris Aviola and all the other stuff, okay. He could have got a fight with Usyk. Um, I don't think those talks were ever talked about or ever brought up in conversation but that would have been you know a pretty good fight to see or a pretty interesting fight to see i'm still waiting for wilder to fight dylan white i'm not sure why that fight hasn't happened dylan white is coming off um you know a pretty good win against pavetkin so why not that fight there's just so many things that should have happened but that didn't happen literally the last outcome that no one wanted to see happen no one wants to see a trilogy or at least right now because we we tasted the fairy versus joshua fight we that's like someone taking the ice cream cone and putting it right in front of your mouth and they let you get one little lick uh, you get one little lick uh, you taste the the nice chocolatey the nice strawberry fruits and the sprinkles all over the side and everything and then they take it away from you and they say here's a fucking carrot yo yo what the fuck we doing out here cuz what the fuck are we doing out here so i gotta look on the bright side though wilder is once is still one of my favorite boxers and he's back in the ring over a year he hasn't fought in the ring so he's back so i'm happy for that uh fans of tyson fury they get to you know see him back in the ring and the fury versus joshua fight it could still happen later on this year it's gonna happen late this year probably like november december and they might be able to push it to October, you know, depending on uh, how much time Fairy wants um, for like his training camp and to rest up and everything. So it could still happen this year. And Wilder's fighting again. He's training again. He got a new trainer. He seems to be doing really good with his training. He seems to be learning new techniques. Um, he's actually learning the fundamentals of boxing. And maybe we're going to see a new Deontay Wilder. Maybe. So that's all for the podcast. I'm out. Peace, King. You were just listening to the Floyd Podcast hosted by Monkeys Rawls. Come back for the next episode or go back and listen to the previous ones if you haven't done so. Sweet.